You're listening to the Changing Normal Podcast, where we strive to outdo the old normal and reject the new normal. And now your hosts, Owen, Dan, and Ben. Hello and welcome to episode 41 of the Changing Normal Podcast. Guys, how are you doing? I was, I've been thinking about the, uh, the bees and what we were talking about last episode and how you said they would carry out their dead. And all I could think about was the Monty Python bring out your dead. <laughs> yep. It was very apt. Yep. <clears throat> so who's excited about Bitcoin? I think we're going to talk about Bitcoin this week a fair bit. And even after the uh, bullish discussion we had two weeks ago, <laughs> the market heard us and said, oh, yeah, watch this. Hold my beer. <laughs> I'm always excited about Bitcoin, among many other emotions. <laughs> <laughs> Some, something finally showed up in the mail today. Um, for... for well, I guess we don't really have video YouTube anymore, but mm-hmm. the uh, oh, the Club nice. 365 stuff from ShakePay showed up after oh. I lost my 365-day Shake Street. So, <laughs> I didn't realize they had the special stuff for that. Yeah. Well, maybe I shouldn't show you then. But oh, man, I'm uh, going to have to put in for it somehow because I'm at like 560 days. Oh, man. See, the the old veterans, they just don't get those sorts of awards. You're just taken for granted. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's cool. Was that was that a patch? Yeah, so there I'm pretty sure it's an iron on patch. Patch with the blue red panda. Yeah. Circling around the Bitcoin moon. It says uh, I like that. keep, Keep the streak alive. Um, then there's some, there's a thing of stickers and a shirt that's got club, club three, six, five on the back. It's just super nice shirt. I'm only 345 days away. (laughs) It just just stings. (laughs) It just stings. Oh, that's funny. But, actually been talking with about bitcoin a fair bit with a few people at church actually lately mostly because the price action is kind of nuts any of the altcoiners there that's a good way to get change changing their ways (laughs) yes most of the altcoiners have changed their ways It's uh, been pretty cool just kind of, I don't know. I don't really know what it was that swapped me over from dabbling in altcoins to being just, you know, Bitcoin plus maybe a privacy coin. And it's a bear market. There's a bear market. <laughs> I, I don't know. The, maybe the bear market guys. shakes some of the fruit out of the tree, I think. That was what it felt like well, for me. I was like, oh, oh, these really are crap. <laughs> <laughs> like, why didn't I have Bitcoin? Uh, or, or one, I was talking to one guy 
and uh, he was he was saying, you know, I'm all I'm always stacking sats, like I'm always buying Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. But the other thing I'm ticked off I didn't buy earlier was micro strategy stock. Yes, he's like, man, why didn't? I? And he said he was getting annoyed. He was annoyed at work the other day, but it wasn't that work was annoying him. It was that micro strategy was skyrocketing. <laughs> Well, MicroStrategy and some of like NVIDIA is going up and a few of the mining associated companies stock is really going up. And I think the way I heard it explained was a lot of people through their brokers don't have access to the spot ETF. And so they're saying, well, what's the next best thing that's Bitcoin related? And they're seeing, you know, companies that hold massive amounts of Bitcoin, like MicroStrategy and, you know, anything related to Bitcoin mining. And they're going, oh, these stocks are going up. I'm already approved and it's okay with my brokers to, to invest in this. So that's what I'm going to do until I can get into the ETF. So I think that's one of the big, big things for that. But, um, so when speaking about value related to Bitcoin, and this is the question that I've been trying to ask for two weeks and I keep forgetting. <laughs> what do you think is more important to Bitcoin's value? Is it scarcity or is it the censorship resistance or is it a third thing? you know like bitcoin has a number of characteristics but two that Mm -hmm. are often talked about is the fact that it has a hard cap and absolute scarcity and one of the others is the fact that there is no ceo there is no buddy to go after when it comes to its control and so it's very censorship resistant with this decentralized network of miners and nodes, et cetera. Um, so which of those is more important to Bitcoin's value? Or maybe there's a third thing that you can think of where you go, oh, no, this, this third thing is more important. I think you maybe have to qualify it because immediately I thought, well, like valuable to whom or relative to what? And you could measure that in different ways because maybe what would affect the most people is not the censorship issue, but simply the fixed supply issue because Mm -hmm. that is something that affects every single user regardless of whether or not they would have been censored. Um, And it's something that makes Bitcoin different and sets it apart from the fiat money that we're all using otherwise. So that's kind of a 100% effectiveness i guess as far as impact it has um mm-hmm. now if you feel particularly censored i think your perspective on what is most valuable changes but then if bitcoin was totally censorship free but was inflating at the same rate as uh us dollars say would it be that valuable wouldn't you try to just hold cash I mean, I would say, I would say not because the fact that it's censorship resistant is what makes it uninflatable. That's what makes the 
hard cap of the amount of it stat, you know, forever static mm-hmm. because there isn't anybody that can go in and mess with it because it is you censorship. Could have. I guess you could have a, a ongoing inflation though, but still have a censorship resistant model. Like it could have been right. coded for uh, an eternal inflation at a set rate of 2% mm-hmm. if, it, if right. it had been a Keynesian coding it. <laughs> <laughs> Google Gemini's AI bot was coded. <clears throat> yeah, but for me, it's the fixed supply. <laughs> yes. It's something that's different. And uh, I think that should be the standard of a ruler that does not change in length. Not change in what? Length. You got to have a ruler that doesn't change. Oh, in length, that kind. Right. That kind of ruler. Uh, you're you're thinking of the other kind. Yeah, I was like, well, does the king get taller all the time? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on how much Bitcoin is in his wallet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i would definitely Uh, agree i'd say scarcity is the is the number one thing that adds to value especially if you consider value not just like more in a more generic term than for for the you know a broad cross-section of people you know obviously people that are in you know nigeria or you know some country where the the you know uh, venezuela or Argentina, they're all going to have slightly different um, uh, values. Uh, what what is valuable Bitcoin to them is going to be slightly different. If you you know if you don't have a bank and you're completely unbanked, you know Bitcoin has a certain value proposition that maybe it wouldn't have for us. Um, but yeah, I think the scar- this the scarcity well, basically. The, the, yeah, those issues, you know, the fungibility, privacy, uh, censorship resistant, those all go back to the value of of money that we call medium of exchange, right? Mm-hmm. Because those things can put a have like a dampening effect or basically force a loss in that area if we have difficulty actually exchanging it. Mm-hmm. So it all comes yeah. back to those fundamental properties of money. I was just about to say the scarcity is the linchpin of it all. Is it not? Hmm. It can all, it can all tie back to scarcity in one way, shape, form or another. Hmm. Because initially my, I I was like, well, I'm going to take the third option because I'm spineless and can't take a hard stance on anything else. Um, so I'll just be wishy-washy in the third guy, but I'm, th- I'm thinking of like all the, all the problems that it solves, right? Like whether that's, uh, um, grid stability or waste energy or heating solutions, just different, different things like that. But those, those are all trickle effects of it being, um, uh, B censorship resistant and then a scarce and hard hard capped Mm -hmm. so yeah i'm scarcity would be the the one that i would does that does that mean we're all relatively advanced 
in our in our Bitcoin journey or 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 deep in the Bitcoin rabbit hole. Give us all a pat on the back. Good job, guys. Five percent down the rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a deep hole. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm way further down the, the, down that rabbit hole. hole. I just I just don't necessarily understand where I am. <laughs> I'm looking around going, I don't understand any of this, but I am really deep. <laughs> well, I was thinking that today too. I'm thinking, ah oh, man, seems like like, you know, every time I turn around, I'm thinking about like, oh, you know, Bitcoin, blah, blah, blah. And there's always something that shows up like uh like the math for how to calculate uh fees and UTXOs and what amount of sats actually becomes dust we can get into that mm-hmm. later um but then i'm thinking well okay you you barely know how to use lightning like you can you can <laughs> utilize you can utilize a, a decent lightning you haven't even touched liquid you barely know what fediments are <laughs> i'm thinking i'm like oh no life is too what? short <laughs> Oh, are they going to have this figured out by the seventh generation? I don't know. <laughs> but <clears throat> yeah, and anyway, so I was just I was just thinking about that in terms of like it can be as complicated or as simple as you want it to be, based on like what Dan said, your certain circumstances and what those certain value propositions might be. And then I listened to another podcast with it's like, you know, how to um, um, apocalypse proof your family wealth or your family finances. I'm like, apocalypse proof, please, please, please let me talk about Bitcoin. It's like, Bitcoin is not backed by anything. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> like right at the end. Right at the end, it's like, well, what about like you know, crypto and Bitcoin? I'm like, don't don't lump them together. Uh, not a good sign. And it's like, oh, oh, great, right into the deep end, and not great to the bottom. But <laughs> I digress. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. I was uh, I, I saw a clip by Michael Saylor talking about how Bitcoin is nuclear proof. He said, if you shut off, because everybody's always saying, well, what if you don't have the internet? You know, what if there's an EMP and it takes out the power grid? And he says, if you shut down every computer and every internet provider in the entire world for a period of time, Bitcoin simply just freezes in time. And when one computer, when one computer with the node, like when it, when one computer turns back on, yeah, Bitcoin turns back on and starts off where it was before and continues on. So he said, you can't kill it. You can't stop it. And it, you can pause it for a period of time, perhaps if you send the world back to the Stone Age. <laughs> but as soon as we get back to not being in the Stone Age anymore, <laughs> it's back back in effect you know sure with a smaller network and you know all of that sort of thing but it ain't dead it doesn't disappear it hasn't gone anywhere yep mm-hmm. so. that's a good picture kind of freezing in time mm. 
it makes me think of those uh, those tales or movies where you have that creature something stuck in ice. Yeah, <laughs> breaks it free. I was thinking. I was thinking more Steve Rogers, you know, Captain America, but <laughs> that's, that's true. The, the apocalyptic creature frozen it, it in ice. It's almost always the monsters frozen in ice, though, isn't it? This is a <laughs> well, odd that's true. It depends on depends on which timeline you are. <laughs> Captain America might be a monster, depending on who you ask. No, no. <laughs> Demolition Man. Um. Okay, here's another here's another question. Oh, good questions. This is this is off the cesspool that is Twitter. Oh, yay! Formerly, you're not calling it X, are you? <laughs> no, I won't. Um, so, th- this is what someone said they were doing on there, and I thought it was an interesting idea. They are taking out. They're opening up credit cards, getting a getting a credit card. Somehow, somewhere, this must be in the U.S. They are able to get a zero percent credit card to, however, you know, till the next year for like a year or two years or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, promotion thing. Yeah, they're then maxing yeah. that out to purchase Bitcoin with the idea that. When it is up, they will go get another credit card at zero percent, pay off the first credit card, (laughs) and keep doing that basically until Bitcoin is worth so much that they don't have to do it. But they're they'll just keep continuing to max out at zero percent. So they're basically doing what Michael Saylor does, but on a regular person budget level. (laughs) Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, there would have to be some precautions with that. For example, what is your backup plan if you can't transfer to another low interest credit card for 12 months? Right. And of course, that's not completely free because there always is a transfer fee on those uh, type of things. Sure. Uh, transfer rebalance. So you, I mean, if you pay 2 or 3% and get a promotional interest for, for a year, it is, mathematically speaking, a pretty decent uh, access to capital path. Yeah, I mean, that's basically what Sailor is doing with MicroStrategies. They're, it's not they're really bo- quite the same thing as borrowing on a credit card, though. But they're borrowing at very low not interest really rates. Being subjected to interest in the same way. Yeah. Mm. Well, how do you mean? Like I mean, the credit card game has a risk of if you can't pay it off at right. some point, or you can't transfer it to another credit card with a very low interest rate, then you end up paying that high interest rate. Right. Whereas he's borrowing at very low interest rates. Mm -hmm. And selling stocks and things like that, I believe is part of their. um, Yeah. He's, he's doing that. Yeah. He's doing that personally. Uh, And of course that personally. Okay. 
Well, he's selling stocks personally and purchasing Bitcoin. But the company itself, I believe, is, I mean, besides their cash flow, which they're purchasing Bitcoin with, they are also borrowing money using their shares <laughs> as their collateral and mm. and at, at low interest rates and purchasing. That, that's, that's my understanding of, of what they're doing. <clears throat> so this ties into what you think Bitcoin is. And since he's been so firm on Bitcoin as property, it totally makes sense. You simply mm -hmm. chart out the increase in value of a property and you basically short the dollar. Totally makes sense. <clears throat> since you know yeah. that, that the value of the money you loan will be going down, Basically, so if I get a hundred thousand dollars off you and pay you back hundred thousand a year later, well, that hundred thousand is nominally the same, but less in purchasing power. Mm -hmm. So it makes a lot of sense to leverage yourself as long as you don't get caught out. <laughs> so you do always have to think of the scenario where things don't go perfectly the way you wanted them to. But if you've got that plan in place, then yeah, it kind of makes sense, especially if you are someone who is pointing to fiat money as something that is constantly degrading in value, then why wouldn't mm -hmm. your actions with it reflect that? You know, we, we've talked about how much you can lose when you save in fiat. Mm -hmm. Well, if you follow that from, well, okay, I won't save as much, but you could sit in a neutral position and say, well, I won't save. But then if you keep going in that direction, what do you do? Instead of a positive balance, you go to a negative balance. Mm -hmm. borrowing money yeah so it it does have a, a logical flow to it yeah and i'm sure they're doing it with their safeguards and things so they can't get you know liquidated in a with a with a with a price because a lot of people you know accuse them of saying oh they're going to get liquidated they're going to get in trouble because the price of bitcoin keeps going down and i'm you know that that They've got the the safeguards in place, you know, and they're, he's a billionaire. So, <laughs> you know, mm. that all helps. <laughs> yeah, there is risk. I mean, yeah, you could think of the worst case scenario, say, if in the last bear market. So Bitcoin fell down to, what, 15,000 US dollars, roughly at its low end. Mm -hmm. So what if MicroStrategy had not been set up correctly and had to liquidate some? Well, then you'd potentially fall into that. Uh, negative feedback loop where the act of liquidating pushes the price further down, forcing them to mm -hmm. liquidate further. Yeah. So I believe they had planned for that kind of price drop though. And so they were okay. Yeah. But that did wreck, um, which exchange was it? Or was it a, a that, few that has happened to <laughs> a couple institutions, has it not? I can't Terra remember Luna, the names of them. If you remember, yeah, we talked about the Terra Luna deal, and that's because, yeah, yeah, they had themselves uh, put into a situation. Well, they put themselves into a situation where liquidating assets to keep afloat caused the price of that asset to drop, and it was the security for their whole right. system, like this, the uh, loan security. <clears throat> and so it's it's a forced sell loop where you yep. just lose everything. Thanks. Mm. 
So what else, guys? Yeah, that's that's about all I really had. Well, we can think about this instead of looking, instead of looking backwards and saying, "Well, yeah, if a year ago I should have borrowed to the max and bought Bitcoin." <laughs> it's like <laughs> sitting in the present time. You think, "Oh, yeah, I'll go out and borrow money to buy Bitcoin." I think it's a, it's a different question because you have that risk. Like it's easy to say what we should have done a year. Guarantees of what the next year looks like. That's and right. So I guess I have a, a partial aversion to debt. So I, I, for that reason, would be one of those people saying, "Oh yeah, I'll max out a credit card to get access to capital, and I'll buy Bitcoin this way." I wonder how credit cards <clears throat> make don't think of that the same way. Yeah, I, I don't know what that threshold is like regular people like me don't really have good access to cheap debt. And I don't know, you know, aside from doing the, you know, promotional 0% credit card or line of credit type type thing. Um, I don't know where people like sailor, you know, go to say, Hey, I want to get a 1% or one and a half percent, you know, loan with these crazy, you know, with the, with the crazy interest rates that we have now uh, for regular folks. I don't, I don't know where you go to, to do that. I just give him a little more to my piggy bank when he needs it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. uh, okay. Oh, and you, yeah. You kind of mentioned that. Like how big, how Bitcoin is kind of like the, the piggy bank, but as a break in case of emergency, or that was in the chat, wasn't it? Someone mm-hmm. was talking about a piggy bank. Yeah, that's how they referred that. That's how they referred to their or or viewed their their Bitcoin. Yeah, right. The 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 way I view it is, sure, by Bitcoin is it is it is a emergency piggy bank that's made out of a diamond that can't be broken. So you can't do anything with it, no matter how bad the emergency is. <laughs> so that, that's kind of how I look at it, you know. Like, it, I don't know what the emergency would have to be. It would have to be, you know, piggy banks you dump out because I want to go get ice cream. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've got an emergency. Oh, I need an yeah, ice for cream. Sure. So a, a piggy bank is not quite the right uh, analogy then because we don't actually want to treat Bitcoin the way we treat our jar full of spare money. Yep. Um, I think calling it property makes more and more sense in my mind. Initially, yep. I was always like, why can't we just call Bitcoin money? It's like, we want Bitcoin <laughs> to be money, right? Yeah. <laughs> like we get and it, is, and it is, if you, it is, if you go through all the things that make, you know, money money it, it fits the bill but it is more used and probably has more value at the current moment being being dealt with as property well and it's, it's handled as property with you know tax law and things like that as well yeah and at the end of the day money is just the type of property that's easiest to exchange and holds its value best 
store of energy. That's that's how I've looked at it a lot lately. I even saw someone about uh, talking about like just how to acquire more, and they were saying like they started looking at just regular expenses that they would normally incur. So they think they, their example was they had to go to a conference somewhere and they looked at the prices of all the hotels in the area and they're like, cool, I'm bringing my hammock. So they went and slept in a park somewhere and then <laughs> spent the money that they would have spent on a hotel room to buy Bitcoin, which is kind of similar to uh, your men your mental shift that you talked about last episode, Owen, where you said, do I need this thing or do I need Bitcoin more? I think Bitcoin wins out on this. Do we we want to dive into UTXO management? I know we were kind of talking, we were talking about it before we hit or before Owen hit record. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how much how how deep in the weeds we are and technical we want to get on that. But that podcast that you you sent to us, Ben, um I listened to that and that was good. And I I'm not I'm definitely not a oh the sky is falling on this. It's an issue, but I'm not sure that it's as big an issue as some people maybe think. Because I think there's right. solutions, and as Dan pointed out in our own private chat, we they're going to fix those issues as necessity creates, you know, exacerbates that problem. The necessity will be to solve the problem, and Bitcoin developers and people in the space are really good at that, saying this is a problem. We got to get out ahead of this and provide a solution. Why don't so we do a quick rundown on what UTXO management is even, or why you would want to do it for those who are unfamiliar with this topic. Let's start with and what is a UTXO. Think- <laughs> <laughs> so since we're talking about Bitcoin as property, you could maybe call a UTXO like the deed or transfer when you buy a new piece of property. So it's like Bitcoin I bought a year ago, have the the piece of paper or record of that happening. So here's the 10 acres I bought, you know, 12 months ago, six months ago, I bought a quarter acre. So I've got a record for that. And so you accumulate all these little records of, of amounts and when you uh, obtained it, basically, it's kind mm-hmm. of similar, isn't it? Yeah, so that's Bitcoin a good way of it. Holds a similar record to that. So if yeah. you've been buying Bitcoin for a period of time, you've got all these little uh, deeds, basically, to, with mm-hmm. varying amounts of Bitcoin attached. Mm-hmm. So why would we want to manage those differently? I guess we could start with the tax situation. Um, we have to be aware of that in case we sell the Bitcoin, because then capital gains rules would apply. And under those, you have to look at the price uh, when you bought it and the difference between that price and the price when you sell it. And that difference would be a capital gain. 
correct. The other thing we ha you have to watch is for moving it around because when you uh, move something on the blockchain, that UTXO takes up a certain amount of space. So if you are trying to transfer what looks to you in your wallet balance like one lump sum, but let's say it's made up of 20 UTXOs. So 20. You're, you're taking up 20 UTXO spots, so to speak, on the block in that block. And so the cost can go up quite a bit. Is that one? Oh, sorry. Did I lose you? <laughs> we blipped. Okay. Yeah. I, I, think it, I think that was on my end. Apologize. Um, okay, so I was just saying there's 20 UTXOs, so that's like 20 of the deeds instead of just <clears> one. <throat> it's like a, a stack of 20 pieces of paper, so that takes up more space, basically. Right, it takes up more space on the blockchain, which then is more expensive for if you cost send for those. you. Yeah. Right, if you're sending them from one wallet to another okay. or using it as a, as a payment for something in the future, mm -hmm. Or let's say you have enough you're going to borrow against it to live and and you have to you do some sort of special wallet or multi-sig or who knows what the future will hold mm -hmm. for for you know for what you're how that will all work out but the lender says well now i need to you know see this and you have to move it well now the cost can get could get quite outrageous especially as we go forward and block space becomes a premium you know, now it's pretty hard to f get block space under, you know, eight to ten dollars Canadian. <clears throat> Sometimes, um, just because there's so much traffic and volume on the network. So this is looking at the potential risk of Bitcoin network transaction fees being very high. Yeah. And looking to mitigate yes. that risk by reducing. The amount of deeds we have basically just in case we might have to move this That's Bitcoin right. around. Yeah, because it's better to do it now while it's still relatively cheap mm. than <laughs> get caught in the future going, oh no, now I <laughs> now this Bitcoin is virtually useless because it would cost mm. more to send it than what it's worth. Okay. Do you think from what you've heard that there's a consensus among you know the people are really into Bitcoin, you know, who look, study these things. Is there a consensus that transaction price will be high in the future? Mm. Yeah, I think so. I think most people believe that it will, it's going to continue to go up. And at some point it's going to reach this critical level as adoption becomes very widespread across the world where main chain transactions will be, Will always will all be expensive to do just because of the volume on the network, because it can only scale so far. Mm -hmm. mm. So this is trying to project. <coughs> okay, if we ten x the number of users trying to transact on the main chain, but we only have the same amount of space we can fit in a block, well, won't mm -hmm. that you know you go through a simple supply and demand calculation and say, well, the price to have your transaction go into the block bill 10x as a result. Right, right. Yeah. So that that is basic math. It is using the assumption that the demand for transactions on the main chain will be significantly higher. 
Mm-hmm. And they and they so may we not. Don't like know I said, that for certain. That's not that's a right. certainty. It's just a likelihood. Correct. Yep. Yep. Just based on the fact of the just the numbers of who holds Bitcoin now and what the 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 traffic is, and mm-hmm. when you extrapolate that out to a large po- portion of the population holding some Bitcoin. Um, it's just assumed that there will be a certain amount of scaling issue when it comes to being able to handle all those transactions. Now, like you say, there's lots of other alternatives, you know, things like lightning and and side chains and, you know, all those other things will definitely help and become more popular in an effort to solve the problem. Um, ETFs as well, for example. Right. People who are buying the ETFs that has no significant effect on the number of main chain transactions. And maybe the future is one where I buy in a lightning wallet and I don't have a main chain wallet. That would be weird from where I'm sitting now, but it is a a (laughs) possibility. Or we have uh, these ideas like the federated mints, the Fed mints. Mm -hmm. Um, Those would be a, a pool of holdings where you don't rely on main chain transactions. So we could see a lot of, of use of Bitcoin uh, diverted away from main chain transactions in order to keep the amount of transactions we're trying to fit into the block down and keep those rates at a usable level. Yeah, that's right. So if you're out there and listening and you're saying, I don't have a clue what, how many UTXOs I have. <laughs> how do I do that? Well, Owen? Yeah, obviously we can't, talk you through because because every wallet's a little different and all those sorts of things so this isn't and it's it's a very you know helpful for it to be a visual thing rather than just audio but there are wallets that you can open up you can if need be import your uh using your your seed phrase you can view all your transactions in that different wallet that provides a lot more detail than maybe your wallet is able to so for example Exodus, while a great wallet, doesn't necessarily show, doesn't have a great UTXO management interface. Whereas something like Sparrow uh, or Nunchuck are a little more technical to use, but they give you, they're very powerful and they give you lots of information to to show you exactly how many UTXOs, the, the way of consolidating those UTXOs into one sort of, to, to, to one UTXO is quite simple and straightforward um, once you once you have it set up. So it's definitely something that you should consider being and most and people should know their habits. I mean if if someone's been you know buying ten dollars of Bitcoin a week for a year and you know you've done that, <laughs> you should be concerned. <laughs> you know, that's when you should be going, oh okay, I need to look into this. But if you've only bought Bitcoin once and you bought a lump sum of a thousand dollars once, and that's all the Bitcoin you have. You're fine. Like you, there's nothing really there that that you need to be worried about. Um, if that's all you have, that that and that's if you bought it once and only made one transfer off of the platform. Yes. Into cold storage. Yes. <clears throat> because you, it. Correct me if I'm wrong on this. If you bought that from another person. And there was multiple UTXOs 
that they that that were included in that it's not consolidated is it consolidated at that time into one utxo yes if it, would it be. is sent if it is sent to a different yeah. address yes okay so that would consolidate yeah. so you still would only be getting one utxo in that scenario and the person yeah. who sent it would probably be adding a utxo because it wouldn't be exactly exact matchup of amounts of bitcoin mm. but yeah, yeah. Anyway, and if people have more, you know, questions about that or want help in figuring that all out, like we're we're happy to walk people through it. They can reach out to us, and I'm happy to help people set up Sparrow or whatnot so they can manage that better. Yeah, uh, and to clarify, so if I have uh, Bitcoin in my Exodus wallet and I want to look at a UTXO management-enabled wallet, I don't have to send my bitcoin from access to a different wallet do i no no that's the really cool thing about sparrow is by just utilizing the keys or very uh sorry your seed phrase from exodus you can view all the utxos still within exodus and consolidate them utilizing the uh, utxo consolidation within sparrow and then all of those utxos are lumped into one within mm -hmm. exodus but through sparrow yep it's a pretty it, it like i said before we before we started it's one of the most one of the most powerful wallets i've utilized even while still being pretty daunting off the get-go so are there any security risks or concerns i need to know about before i put my seed phrase into a different wallet Uh, with Sparrow, mm -hmm. I, I think you definitely want to make sure you're getting it off of the official website because even as recently as a couple days ago, um, I saw a post on maybe Twitter or somewhere else, someone talking about a spoof Sparrow wallet for 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 uh, Apple on the Apple Store mm -hmm. because Sparrow is not supported on Apple. They're not mobile. They're desktop only. And... Right. Uh, and so, yeah, the, so definitely that would be the major security concern I would have. But that should be with all of, <laughs> with any wallet you download. Um, that's, right. you know, that applies there. So there are scam wallets and we have to do some due diligence to make sure we're getting a real wallet and not a spoof wallet that will steal our seed phrase. Yeah. The primitive. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm trying to think here. When uh, when I watched when I watched a couple of videos on how to utilize Sparrow, um, the the download tab within on the Sparrow the official Sparrow website had this. They said, you know, you have you should verify the code of the the version of Sparrow that you download. So it was I can't remember now. It's like Sparrow five point seven point two or something like that. And um, there was a way to utilize the basically code is what it was like writing code just that would run a security check and make sure and it would verify the the Sparrow download file and make sure that it was the correct one and that it was uh, from the correct source. Now, people aren't super tech savvy 
making sure that you go to the official Sparrow website or just any apps website and then utilize either the, uh, you know, the get it on the app store or the play store or whatever button, or just downloading directly from the website. That's usually the best, best case scenario as far as proofing yourself against a, a scam app or something like that. It's going to steal your keys. I have to look at Nunchuck and see, because I know they have coin management within their mobile app. I'll have to see what else that might. Because I haven't played with I haven't played with uh, Nunchuck as much. Um, it's mostly just been a set it and forget it, utilize it every now and then for uh, for cold storage, but. To look into yeah. that a bit more. Yeah, that's all. All I use it for too is just to have a mobile way of um, interfacing with my hardware wallet. Yeah. So could uh, hmm, I got? Could someone like super simplify UTXO management and? Because, correct me if I'm wrong, Owen, there's still a fee. It's, it's been a while since I did uh, a Sparrow UTXO consolidation. There's still mm-hmm. a fee for that, right? You're, you're going to pay the, the network fee of whatever it is to send it. Because you're, right. you're basically, you're sending, really all the consolidation is, is you're sending all of that Bitcoin to make up those UTXOs you want to consolidate. To, to yourself. And that's how the consolidation happens. So just as you would right. send it to someone else, it would be consolidated into one UTXO. You're sending it to yourself. So you're generating a, a, a receive address in the wallet, and then you're sending it all to that address. <laughs> it's basically what you're doing when you consolidate. And so you will pay whatever the network fee is. So for example, when I was, um, and the great thing about uh, uh, Sparrow is it shows all that for you. So you can bring up uh, your UTXOs, you can s- select the ones you want and send, and then it gives you a fee slider. You can, it's default and right. priority, right. but you can slide it up to be high priority, low priority, or whatever, and it will basically tell you what that fee is in Bitcoin right now in that moment. And so you can set that fee, whatever you want. <clears throat> it's just that once you get down low enough, it might take a long time for it to get included in a block because it's going to keep getting bumped to the next block. If people who are willing to pay a higher fee, you know, send a transaction and get put into that. They'll get put into that block and you'll get bumped to the next block. So, for example, I ran into this issue when I was consolidating UTXOs on my hardware wallet. And I think I had nine nine UTXOs or something like that. And because this changes in real time, I had done everything, but and it was set on medium priority. 
which should be, you know, the first couple blocks, next couple blocks. And between the time of me, you know, putting in the address and doing all the little things required and hitting send, it had changed and dropped me into low priority, which was great because it was a lower fee, which at the time the fees were relatively high. So I think I paid like 20 bucks or something to send, you know, these UTXOs. A fairly, you know, it was a fairly high amount, but so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like I was sending $20 and paying $20. But regardless, it took an hour for that Bitcoin to actually get confirmed on the blockchain, which was a little nerve wracking. Nerve wracking. (laughs) (laughs) And this is where being able to utilize the mempool, mempool mempool.space on your browser is great because you can follow the link and then you can see your transaction and you can know exactly where it is and what's going on and follow exactly what's happening with it. Um, so you can see, you know, which block it's going to get likely get confirmed in and, and all, and all of that. <clears throat> but. Right. Oh, I think you're muted, Dan. Dan. Yeah, sorry. I had a question about this. (laughs) Okay. So if you were to do this, and since you have that customizable fee, if you Mm -hmm. set that too low and your Bitcoin never sends, what happens? Can you cancel? So so yes. So when you slide it down, it goes overpaid. That that's the that's the highest. Mm -hmm. High priority, medium priority, low priority. Then you have try, then replace, and then you have below minimum. Okay. And so there right. is a function. Yeah, right. And if you have an account with mempool.space, you can do it on there. And I was about to pull the trigger on doing this through Sparrow because I believe there is a way to do it through Sparrow Tube, but I'm not perfectly clear on the process because I never actually had to do it where you can actually uh, bump up the fee you're paying in order to speed up the process to get that, included in the next that's block. Not, uh, that's not replaced by fee, is it? That's not RBF? I think it is. It is? Okay. I think I think that's what that have, is, yeah. That's, some, that's something I haven't jumped into yet either. Uh, add it to the list. <laughs> like i say that that i was basically researching as i was sitting at my computer scratching my head wondering why this was taking so long to send through um weighing my so you options could have canceled it rather than just waiting or would that have been too difficult um i think i could have I think that's I, I think I could have and that was about what I was going to do anyway, and then resend it with the higher priority. Um, but then it cleared, so I didn't have to do that. But but that's just one thing to 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 remember and to utilize when you if you're starting to get into some of these more intricate, detailed uh, aspects of of managing your Bitcoin. Um, the mempool website is a really awesome tool for that. Um, 
Because you can go on there and see what the current sort of going rate is. And you can look at, you know, some blocks as they go by and go, oh, this is about the average transaction fee that people are paying right now. So is that within what I'm willing to pay or not? And if not, you might say, well, I'm going to wait a week or a day or (laughs) you know, till the middle of the night or, you know, something like that to, to send it when, when hopefully it's, it's, you know, lower. So you can, you can use yeah. strategy that way to, 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 to save yourself a little money. Yeah. So even if I were just say sending some <clears throat> Bitcoin to you or Ben, I could do it cheaper if I have mm-hmm. this custom fee interface. Yes. Because many wallets don't even a- ask you really about the fee. They just uh, probably go with, a fee that will send your transaction in the next two blocks or something like that. Probably. Yeah. Like a medium priority. I think Exodus has the, is default that way, but you have the option, I think to turn on a fee selection and they give you like a, like a low, medium, high priority selection. You can't like custom slide it, but you can pick one of the options Mm -hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Sparrow (laughs) even lets you put in like a certain amount. Like if you hit, if you tap like high priority, it'll tell you just how many uh, stats you pay in a fee. And yep. then you can like, you could then clear that and punch in like say it was uh, 15,795 stats or whatever. You could punch in like a square 1500 or square 1600. <clears throat> yep. yep. So it's a pretty powerful tool and, and that for, for helping to manage if, if people are interested in that. But um did we, ever, are, did we ever say what UTXO stands for? <laughs> no, we just said what it was. <laughs> Unspent transaction output. Yeah. Uh, um, so anyway, either of you guys ever looked at um, like a shake pay withdrawal on mempool? Yes. It's really, yeah, it's really, for for those who haven't, um, and I'm not sure if other other exchanges do this as well, which I would imagine they probably do. Uh, oh, yeah, I would think so. As far as, like, batching, but, like, mm-hmm. well, they, they would, ha- yeah, they would have to just to keep fees low. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, the first time, I can't remember if it was with the, dis- if it, in a chat with you guys, or if it was just something I saw online where they said, Oh yeah, shake pay batches their withdrawals. And I thought, interesting. So I was going to make a withdrawal within the next few days. So I, once I made the withdrawal to my, uh, my wallet, I then used that transaction identifier and dropped it into mempool. And it brought up this massive, uh, that the massive image for those who haven't seen it, it's basically just looks like a whole bunch of little streams all converging into this one great river. And when I listened to the podcast episode that I sent you guys, that was the image that came to mind. I'm thinking, okay, so that's UTXO. Like that's a more visual um, display of what UTXO management would be. Kind of that. 
just mm-hmm. massive convergence into one one entity, more or less. Yeah, one of the, the last uh, withdrawals I made off an exchange, it was kind of interesting to actually look up the actual record and saw they were actually pulling from multiple records and sending to multiple addresses as well. Hmm. So it was definitely a, a batching transaction. It was really super cool. interesting because you see all those different details, even the transaction price. Like I think the price for the whole transaction was like $90 US. So it was <laughs> not, a, not a cheap overall thing, but uh, hmm. it's super interesting. Okay, I have one more question before we wrap everything up here. Oh, cool. Because we're at, we're at uh, 45, almost an hour. So is Adam back going to win his bet that Bitcoin will be 100K by the halving? Oh, <laughs> he made a bet less with than somebody. Six weeks away now. Uh, we're just under sixty days, aren't we? Isn't it like fifty? <laughs> I, forget, I, forget, I forget exactly what what the the counter is, but is he go, is he going by USD or CAD? Well, he's not Canadian, <laughs> so I'm guessing not. <laughs> uh. We are three of the six Bitcoiners that look at it in Canadian dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, the Bitcoin, the Bitcoin having is fifty-four days, thirteen hours, fifty minutes, and forty-five seconds. Wow. Hmm. Currently at about sixty-one thousand, sixty-one point five thousand dollars per Bitcoin. JP Morgan says Bitcoin price will drop after the halving. <laughs> it might. That has happened. Well, mm-hmm. oh, so okay. Well, that <laughs> very short mm-hmm. amount of time. <laughs> Sometime after the halving. Before the next having, the price will drop. <laughs> I'm just gonna make a broad prediction here. We'll be right one way or the other. Yeah, that's right. Is that because they well, their models. Well, oh, it, it's worth noting that it does lead to a phase of price discovery mm-hmm. because the supply side of supply and demand has drastically changed. Mm-hmm. And we're still going through supply or price discovery from the post ETF. Well, it's not even post ETF. It's it's beginning stages of ETF mm-hmm. buying. Mm-hmm. And so, man, I don't think anybody can predict what Bitcoin price is going to do. No, it's but a pretty the, wild guess. What? For for background, Adam back and somebody else. I don't know who it was. Now I cannot remember on. The on Twitter, this is probably in I want to say November, November, December. I'm not sure which. I'd have to go look it up. Um, made a made a prediction. He he kind of said it jokingly, or as in like it's a possibility. And the guy called him out on it and said, "Put your money where your mouth is." And so they, I don't know, they bet like. 
I want to say it was a hundred thousand sats. Okay. Or something like that. So, um, <laughs> dust, dust. If fees get high enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that it was going to be a hundred thousand by, by the, the having. So at the time I was like, ah, not a chance. Cause you know, price doesn't go up from the having till like six months after the having. And you know, <laughs> All of that, if you look at the the previous cycles, and then the ETFs got approved, and now the price is you know doubled what it was then. So you kind of go, well, maybe it will be. Anyway, we're not going to come to a well, conclusion on that. I just thought it was a fun little. We should uh, all take a guess, though. Okay, uh, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. And write it down. Will we say what the peak price is between now and the having? So you can get closest between now and the having, or well, because price directly at the having is is much more wild. Right. But what do we think the highest it will be before it gets there? In Canadian dollars. In Canadian dollars. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get all the terms figured out here. (laughs) Currently, we're at uh, eighty-one. Yes. Is that correct? Uh, well, it's yeah, jumping around the last couple of days between 81 and 85. So it's kind of like, yeah, it, but it's, it's low eighties is basically where it's at right now. Okay. I will pick 105. Mm. Oh, I was going to go 109. Oh, $1, Bob, $1. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I'll go. Okay, you guys are both going high. Then I'm gonna go a hundred thousand. Let me see. Yeah, it's a smart move. You cover everything below that. Yeah, <laughs> we, we just gave Owen the bit. We just gave Owen the most squares on the pool sheet. <sighs> oh. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm gonna write. I'm gonna write these down. Ben's at 109K. I'm at 100K. Dan's at 105K. All right. I have the worst position. The middle one is the worst. <laughs> well, you're, <laughs> what, if you nail it, but if you nail it, you can be like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I nailed it. <laughs> Math and fragging, right? Math big risk, big right. reward. <laughs> how many, how many shots is a dollar worth right now? Uh, a little over a thousand because a thousand is 80 cents. I checked the other day. Interesting. So, so we're almost at, we're almost at a dollar for a thousand sats parity, aren't we? Yep. Interesting. Hmm. Well, a hundred K would give you that, right? Right. So right now, what, 4,300 sats to the dollar, the Canadian dollar. 4,300? That's what no. popped up on Google. No, if you're wrong. no, that's not right. It's no, eight, it's, 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 I buy two bucks. I, have to, I might have to. Oh, maybe I'll have to do that manually. It would be uh, no, because two dollars is like twenty five hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be about twelve hundred, twelve hundred sats, roughly. <laughs> so I've been I've been DCA every day two bucks for the last. Uh, year nice 
over a year. Um, well, it's just, it's like I at work, you know, the people I work with generally they go to Tim's every day, right, and get a coffee. Yes. And I'm like, I love coffee, but <laughs> I can put I love a Bitcoin double more. <laughs> <laughs> I can put a double doubles worth every day in. <laughs> That's uh, terrible. An addict just said he likes Bitcoin more than his <laughs> drug addiction. <laughs> oh, um, that's great. But I, I actually I actually went back like to last January and looked at what I was getting for two dollars and it was like double. Well, I mm. you know, you look at the price. It last last January it was the price was at least half of what it is now. So so I was getting awesome. double the amount of stats for two bucks. Yeah. But it's just just interesting. That would also be a massive UTXO consolidation if I withdrew two dollars worth every day. <laughs> Ooh boy. boy. <laughs> Mild panic attack. <laughs> well, it helps too, like with with uh I mean, we're running long here now, but I always use let it build up to like a hundred bucks and shake pay before I withdraw anything. Oh yeah. Yeah. Between 70 and well, now they got a minimum withdrawal balance anyway. That's close to that. So anyway, um, uh, final thoughts. They need to let you buy a dollar's worth every hour. <laughs> I don't DCA every day. I DCA every sixty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Drake does that. Yeah, I we forget. Should, where we should the... look at all the options that they have to implement any upcoming update and discuss them. That would be interesting. That would be, yeah, I have to go through and I can't remember where you go to do so much of this stuff. Discord, no. shake it. Well, that's no, where I, I mean, the I mean, like actually in the app. So anyway, oh, um, good. Well, let's wrap this up here. Um, thanks guys for your thoughts. This was fun. Hopefully we didn't uh, bore too many people with their, UTXO talk, but if people, it is important. So if people do want to more information or have questions that can reach out to us, um, uh, if you're in the signal yeah. chat, that's great. Otherwise you can reach out to us at changing. What's our, what's our email again? I can't remember what our email changing is. Normal at <laughs> yeah. Changing. And, uh, normal. Yeah. If we get more Bitcoin questions, we might do that in the future. Yeah. So we'll probably do something other than Bitcoin next episode. Mm-hmm. Yes. Totally surprising. Even to us. <laughs> yes, even to us. 